Hello, and welcome to Things We Said Today, our bi-weekly podcast about anything and everything to do with the Beatles, collectively and individually, past, present, sometimes even the future. I'm Alan Cozen, the author of The Beatles, From the Cavern to the Rooftop, and Got That Something, How the Beatles, I Want to Hold Your Hand, Changed Everything, and co-author with Adrian Sinclair of the forthcoming McCartney Legacy series, Volume 1, coming out in November. And I'm joined by my esteemed co-hosts, um, Ken Michaels, who you know as the host of the syndicated Beatles radio show, Every Little Thing, and a co-host of the Beatles podcast, Talk More Talk. I should say Beatles solo podcast, Talk More Talk. Uh, he has his own YouTube channel as well uh, called Ken Michaels Radio, and it's packed with Beatles-related interviews and um, he'll tell you more about how to hear some of his other interviews and things at the end of the show. Hello, Ken. How's it going? Good, Alan. Glad to be here and excited to uh, talk to our special guests who are coming up. Yeah. And also we're joined by Darren DeVivo, a DJ at WFUV 90.7 in the New York area since 1984. Darren's been there since 1984. They were there before. Yeah. They're much <laughs> older than me. 1947. Someone has to be, apart yeah. from me. <laughs> um, if you're not in the vicinity of New York, you can hear him and everything else at WFUV.org. And there are other ways, which he'll also tell you at the end. Hello, Darren. How are you? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the new show. Great. Uh, this show is going to be about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's new exhibition, The Beatles, Get Back to Let It Be. Uh, and we will talk to a couple of people from the Rock Hall. Um, one of them, Waka Anwusa, who is the chief curator and VP, will actually walk us through the exhibition. And we'll also be talking to Greg Harris, the president and CEO of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But first... As always, the news with Ken. Thank you, Alan. We're going to start with news that broke yesterday. This is according to the Daily Mail. Paul McCartney is being considered for a peerage to mark his 80th birthday this summer. He could, in fact, be made a lord. In recognition of his lifetime of musical achievements, and service to British culture. It was actually 25 years ago when he was first knighted by the Queen. So Alan, you might have to change the title of your upcoming book there. Put Lord McCartney in the front. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see what, we'll see what happens. Um, I believe it wasn't, um, wasn't Paul's fictional grandfather in A Hard Day's Night referred to as Lord McCartney in the scene where they go to that fancy club and they yes. think he's a... <laughs> That's very good. I forgot all about that. Mm. Yeah. All right. How many well, Lily Mama jokes are going to now start because with this happening? This allows him to sit in the House of Lords and also a peerage is hereditary. So his kids can be in the House of Lords as well. Really? This is what Adrian, my um, British co-author, tells me, so it must be true. How about the fans? Do they end up in... Never mind. <laughs> Next few items are also on Paul. He has just added another date for his Got Back tour. It's May 8th at the Oakland Arena, and tickets go on sale to the general public March the 18th. Same day that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is opening up their new Beatles exhibit. Paul will also be playing his Hofner bass on an upcoming song by the Moza Music Project. This is an African band from Malawi. Paul plays on the title track called Home. The album will be coming out May 6th on CD, vinyl, and digitally with two limited edition 7-inch and 10-inch vinyl singles of the song with exclusive remixes. Paul recorded his bass part during lockdown at his home studio, and the album features singers recorded on the banks of Lake Malawi, collaborating with over a dozen UK musicians 
despite being with lockdowns in both countries. This is actually reported on Paul's own website. We have yet but another update on Record Store Day and that release of Paul McCartney of Women and Wives. This is a 12 inch that's coming out on June 18th, Paul's birthday. It, uh, it has been named their inaugural song of the year. One side has Paul's original version. The other is from St. Vincent. And that is from the reimagined release. Only 3000 copies will be, will be made worldwide. Record Store Day is April 23rd. This is just something else that they're also going to release. So our early report, I had heard that it was just in the UK, but it's worldwide, but only 3,000 copies being made. So if you go to Record Store Day, this won't be there yet. You have to go on the 18th. I guess so. Yeah, it's only going to be available then. It's all confusing. They're doing, you know, like the past, what was it, the past two years because of the, the pandemic, they did, they called them drops. It was almost like three record store days in 2020, and they did, uh, not counting Black Friday, which was separate. The spring one was split into three. I think it was three months in a row in 2020, hmm. late August, late September, late October, I guess to cut down on crowds. I, I'm not, I don't recall the logic in doing it that way. So this year, I think they set up a drop day as like, a, like an auxiliary record store day. And that's June 18th. And there are things coming out exclusive to that day. Not um, just Paul's. So Not just Paul's. Yeah, there's yeah. some other things as well. So it's almost like there are two, again, there's two record store, spring record store days. Okay. I think. <laughs> I <don't. laughs> uh, More news. Danny Harrison posted online that he'll be performing for a Ravi Shankar Centenary at the Royal Festival Hall, South Bank Center on May the 3rd. Danny will be singing and playing Prabhuji from the Chance of India album with his sitar hero and sister, as he puts it, Anushka Shankar and her orchestra. Danny will also be performing alongside the masters, Nitin Sani and John McLaughlin. And the show is already sold out. Uncut Magazine has a tribute issue to Paul McCartney for turning 80, um, about to turn 80. Mojo Magazine has a new deluxe issue out called Introducing the Beatles Essentials, described as an indispensable guide to navigating the Beatles albums, rarities, live sets, mixes, remasters, and more. And it's currently on sale. And then finally, and I didn't know this until about a week ago, Back in January, Leo Sayer released an album of Beatle covers called Northern Songs, Leo Sayer Sings the Beatles. This is uh, to celebrate his 50th anniversary in the music biz. Thanks to Scott O'Rourke, who does a Beatles show on WUSB, Stony Brook's uh, radio station on Long Island, on Thursdays. Thank you, Scott. That's all the news I have this time. Much shorter than usual. Thank you, Ken. And on to the subject of this week's show, which is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's new exhibition, The Beatles Get Back to Let It Be, which opens on March 18th and runs for a year. Um, so you have plenty of opportunity to get to it and see it. We're going to um, be walked through it, so to speak, um, by the chief curator, Waka Anwusa, and we'll talk a bit more about the exhibition and what went into it with Greg Harris, the um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's president and CEO. So on to the show. You once belonged. 
Okay, so we have Waka Anwusa, the VP and Chief Curator of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, um, who's going to walk us through this exhibition and show us a few things. And uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It really is an honor and such an exciting day to be with you guys and give you a sneak peek of our newest exhibit, Get Back to Let It Be, here opening on March 18th here at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So I am at our entryway right now, and this is really to get fans, once Rock Hall visitors come into this space, they're getting to see a little bit of some snippets of the moments and photographs taken by um, Ethan Russell, who exclusively photographed this moment. So this is our entryway. Here you can see into the exhibit and Really, we're really excited um, to anchor this exhibit and celebrate this docu-series, which has, you know, chronicled this really historic moment um, for music uh, in rock and roll and beyond. Um, so come on in. We're still, you see, we have ladders behind me. We got folks painting and all sorts of things happening, just getting ready, putting on the final touches for our exclusive um, public opening tomorrow here in Cleveland. So behind me, you can see a few artifacts here from the clothing to the acetates from the studio sessions to handwritten lyrics and concepts and ideas written by Paul McCartney, John Lennon, I Me Mine, written by George Harrison. We have so many amazing artifacts here in this space. And like I said, the clothing pieces I'm really, really loving because, I mean, this is probably the first time that all of these elements, although these are not worn all on the same day because we have the raincoat um, that Ringo wore on the, on the set for the rooftop concert, but you have some other clothing items that were worn by the principal um, members of, of the band, but this is the one time where all of these moments have come back together since 69. So Great. more to see. Great. To my right, we have one of the first film studios. So if you've seen the documentary or the docu-series, you'll know what we're talking about. But even if you haven't, we've produced this in such a way with the support of Peter Jackson's team and the Beatles to make sure that fans get the, the climax moments of the Twicken, Twickenham um, studio session to the Apple studio moments, and then obviously to the rooftop. So those are the three anchored moments um, that fans will get to experience and where there's there's more to see in the space. Let me not trip over these wires here. <laughs> One of the things that I'm really loving as well, again, the artifacts that we've collected in this space. Right behind me, you can see Ringo's drum kit. We have the maple drum kit, John Lennon's Epiphone, and George Harrison's hand-painted guitar. Rocky, we have Rocky here on display for fans to really get up close and see. Um, I think this is really special because this is, Again, for Beatles fans, an opportunity to obviously, like our president of the foundation says, get back to get closer. We really want folks to get closer to this moment, um, to celebrate, to relive or to relearn or just to, for me, I didn't grow up obviously with Beatlemania, but definitely a huge Beatles fan. So to have this opportunity to have these moments materialized and some of my favorite okay. music icons and heroes humanized in this way is really special. So. I think fans are really going to love this. Mm -hmm. Okay. Awesome. So we move on and we highlight, again, some of these special moments. You'll see Billy Preston, the fifth Beatles, celebrated um, in this moment, as well as Sir George Martin and Glenn Johns. And again, like I mentioned, we have the acetate from Glenn Johns that he kept along with his, um, his recorded books and his calendars and schedules on display for fans to see. For those Beatles fans who really know the intricate details, we have some things to really pique everyone's interest. Um, behind me here, again, more films, more galleries to see in this space. And again, we wanted to provide that close, intimate feeling um, for fans. Close, but not too close. We're still being safe with COVID restrictions and, and sure. all sorts of things being lifted and not lifted, but just so everyone's comfortable, we wanted to make sure that you still got a piece of that story through this exhibit experience. So with the acetates and things, uh, with the acetates visible, can you show us those? Um, the acetates are visible. 
Um, and do we want to show those? Are we able to show? Oh, I thought you were standing in front of that. That. Oh. Uh, no. So yes. So they are back this way. So this is the Let It Be Acetate. Um, Glenn Johns had the idea for the album, you know, just to kind of give the insight um, to the listener um, for in the studio. So he mixed, you know, several tracks to make this acetate review. So that is, you know, this is a part um, from the collection of Glenn Johns that we have on display. Um, again, I mentioned, uh, you, you're talking about the acetate specifically, but one of my favorite songs is Dig a Pony. So happy that we have that moment. Um, and those lyrics and concepts um, that are also celebrated here in this space as well. And again, Glenn Johns' diaries um, from 69 to 1970, I think these are really special um, moments just to see what was happening day to day for those. I mean, here we have January, January 9th, 1970 to USA. Pretty cool. I mean, so we've, we've been pretty specific on what pages we opened up for fans to actually see, but um, you get a glimpse into what was happening during that time, 69 to 70. Before you walk walk on, can I ask you a quick question? Uh, I, yes. I, see, I see the red raincoat, which was Ringo's yes. wife. That, that's the actual raincoat Ringo wore on the this roof. Is the actual raincoat, yes. The, uh, next, what are the uh, the outfits next to the raincoat? Yeah, so the outfits next to the raincoat, we have John Lennon's jean jacket. So that, that was his Wrangler jacket that he um, would wear often, very often. Um, so the patches on are original to him. Um, then we have George Harrison's suit, worn in 1968. Um, this pinstripe suit was purchased um, from a shop that he absolutely loved in London. Um, he wore it to the movie premiere. So we have this suit and then the Paul McCartney shirt. Um, he purchased his shirt also in 1968 as well and wore it to the Let It Be recording session. So we have the photo here for fans to see. And then there's also the videos that kind of complement these moments. So then you'll get to see these moments, um, uh, maybe not the pinstripe um, suit, but you'll get to see the other three moments featured throughout the film that are also on display as well. So we did want to make sure that those tie-ins and those those moments were connected to the recording of this this historic album. Wow, great! It's really it's really awesome that we have these pieces. <laughs> Is everything all in one big room? This this exhibit, or does it take up a floor yeah. or what? No, so everything is in one big room here. We have 2,000 square feet um, dedicated to Let It Be. Um, so again, the three studios, the three uh, filming theaters, um, if I want to call them that, are uh, Apple Corps Studios. Um, we have three of them um, in this space. And I'm not sure if you've been, but prior to this, we had our Super Bowl exhibit housed here. And prior to that, um, our Play It Loud exhibition, which was celebrating some of the guitar gods of, of, of our globe. So um, this space has seen some amazing transformations, but this gallery is here on our main hall, in our main hall. Great, fantastic. Yeah. Cool, so I wanna take you to see the last um, gallery where we have film, the last film, and this is a culminating event. So the concert on the rooftop, January 30th, 1969. So talk about feeling immersed in a space. And here we are. So fans will get a chance to watch this. This is about 13 minutes cut from that performance. And while we didn't want to Give all of it. You have to go to Disney Plus to check out the rest of the full docu-series directed by Sir Peter Jackson. Um, and we're really honored to have to support, obviously, all of the Beatles from Paul McCartney to Ringo Starr, John Lennon Estate to George Harrison's Estate, um, exclusively working with them to contribute to make this exhibit what it is. Um, so again, we're really honored that we have this footage and that fans will get to enjoy these special moments. That's fantastic. Yeah, it, it really is. It's just as a fan, I'm like, I am, my mind is totally blown. It just really 
it's speechless. Like the history is happening right now. You know, this exhibit has been in the making for over nine years. So we'll just call it 10 and was conceptualized and the seed was planted by um, our foundation president, Joel Parisman and the curator um, um, who helped to push this exhibit forward, Craig and Ciardi. So I do have to shout them out for seeing this through um, our team, our curatorial team who made this happen. So as we all were anticipating the release of the box set to the release of the docu-series and then all of the delays with COVID and everything, we're finally here and we're opening this exhibit tomorrow to the public. And we're so, so pumped um, to be celebrating the Beatles and to get back to let it be. That's really interesting that you, you, you were just saying, sorry, that this whole process got started nine years ago. You didn't yeah. even know back then that there would be a get back. Right, exactly. Did, didn't, exactly, didn't even know. And we just really, you know, we wanted to work with the Beatles. This has been a long time dream for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And again, it's not to say that we have not celebrated the Beatles. We truly haven't, we have an exhibit celebrating the Beatles and just highlighting some of their, um, you know, monumental and musical achievements, but to do something specifically on an album or to highlight um, this specific moment, I think is just so special for us. And for this to be highlighting the last exhibit that this band has ever will ever create, um, let it be, I think is also just so special um, for us to, to kind of end and start with this moment is beautiful for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And it's just historic for rock and roll music to have this exhibit told. And fans will have a, um, a, a nice significant amount of time to take this in because I understand that this yes. is gonna be open for about a year. Yes, this exhibit will be open for about a year. And so you have the summer, the fall, like what spring, summer and the fall to enjoy getting back to let it be um, for fans. So wherever you're coming from, mark your calendars, book your trips, we're open, we're here. And on rockhall.com, you can learn more about how much tickets are, when we're open, what times, all of that, and any special events that we have coming up to celebrate this, this special occasion. Um, also, I have to shout out, we have some really cool merch coming up in our store. Mm -hmm. So for fans who are also really into that, I already saw you had your, you know, your OG Rock and Roll Hall of Fame <laughs> hat on there. So, you know, there's going to be some exclusive things that you can only get at rockhall.com or here at the museum specifically. So really excited for the all around celebration. It is a great, it is a great uh, um, um, gift shop area. Uh, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. And, and I spent an uh, awful lot of money during the year that this is running. Will it, will it stay static or will there be pieces traded in and out uh, uh, along the way? You know, right now it will stay static, um, but static is, is not bad. Um, right. You know, but we'll we'll see, you know, it all depends on what what the Beatles decide to do. So we're we're at their at their mercy but right now this is what we've come to and this is the exhibit as it is right now okay wow thanks yeah. very much we'll be there i uh, can't <laughs> wait to see you guys please let me know when you come and visit we'd love to give you a tour through again in real life okay <laughs> okay thank thanks so much. much thank you yes all thank right you. peace of music bye bye, -bye. Right. Hey, take care Okay, so we are with Greg Harris, the president and CEO of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Welcome to the show. And uh, we're, we want to talk about the uh, Beatles Get Back to Let It Be exhibition. And um, Waka mentioned that it had been nine years in the works, um, which was, you know, before we had any inkling of a Peter Jackson film or anything like that. So how did, how did this all start? Yeah, you know, the... Um... And exhibits take a while to do right and uh, to lay the groundwork for doing a collaboration with uh, the Beatles to expand on the Beatles exhibit that we, I think it was probably about maybe seven or eight years ago that we updated our current Beatles exhibit and the conversations already started of something that would be a standalone and, 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 and even bigger. And then the, the Peter Jackson film you know, his edit or his docuseries was, was starting to be talked about. And I think the idea was to blend them 
and, and find a way to, to draw on each other's resources. And that's what our, our, our curator on this, uh, Craig Enciardi, uh, Walker may have mentioned his name, Craig, has just been doing a lot of legwork. And, you know, to do this right, you need to have the complete support of all the principles. Um, you really can't do an unauthorized one. You want it to be authorized and to be um, impactful. And that, they all came together for the um, docu-series, and they all came together for this, um, for this exhibit as well. Mm -hmm. now, you've done things with Yoko before, and, um, but, but you hadn't done a, well, and, and just one Beatles thing before this. Yeah, so we've always had a, a Beatles presence in the museum, of course, mm. right? They're so right. important to the history of rock and roll. And, you know, I think you'll appreciate that we have a, a decent-sized gallery and uh, on one side is the Rolling Stones, and on the other side is the Beatles, right? Our classic question to everybody uh, growing up in the 70s and 80s. And um, we, um, uh, so you have the Stones there and the Beatles, and the Beatles exhibit there is a, is a nice exhibit that has um, a little bit from each of, of them, and it's a, it's a broader survey. So it's the, kind of the, the snapshot of the career. This exhibit was a chance to take one gallery, dedicate the entire space, and go deep on an important cultural moment. And that moment is, of course, the same thing that Peter Jackson was doing um, with the Michael Lindsay uh, Hogg uh, footage and, uh, and bringing that moment to life uh, in a different way. And so it kind of lined up well. And we were ready to pull the trigger a year and a half, two years ago, when the film was going to be released. But we slowed, we held off and we were waiting for that to go first and then we followed in sequence and that's kind of where we are right now. Um, so, okay. so basically where you're at now, you're opening up, we're doing this interview the day before uh, the big grand opening and basically what people will see starting March 18th has been in place now for roughly two years, give or take. Well, the concepts have, but the final design, the final placements, even the final video elements, we didn't have until a couple of days ago. So to walk you through, um, you know, you, you, you enter the exhibit and there's a, a sort of statement about what moment in history this is, why it's so important. And then it, it talks about the, the, docu the film, uh, how it came to be from the original to today and what the sessions meant. And then you immediately are in a in a space where you're seeing um, uh, Twickham Studios, um, the, the recording sessions there. Then you're seeing the actual artifacts, the guitars, the instruments, the outfits that they were wearing when they did these sessions, the production notes, song lyrics. Then there's another theater where you literally see the band with Billy Preston getting like thrown into the, into the, into the energy. Um, and some other elements, and then you're finally reveal this big rooftop setup where you're actually on the rooftop and the band is playing in front of you larger than life and the audio is incredible. Uh, that's the sort of cliff notes of what you feel and see. But even the film clips in the exhibit, those were edited uh, by Peter Jackson. Uh, they, were, they were put together for this express purpose by him and, and handcrafted for that moment. And then the, um, the artifacts you're seeing, you know, John Lennon's um, Epiphone Casino guitar, that beautiful you know, blonde guitar, that's on loan from his estate, from Yoko. Uh, the uh, Ringo's drum kit that he's playing in those sessions and on the roof, he's, it's from him. The red raincoat that he wore it's, is from him, is the, it's there, and so on and so on. So that's, that's kind of the idea. Uh, it's authentic, it's real, and it mixes um, video and audio elements with larger-than-life graphics and the original artifacts that made the moments. And it creates this immersive feel that net today when people talk immersive, you think immediately VR goggles and virtual and digital. This is kind of a hybrid of, of analog with um, uh, experience and with space. And there, what, what I think is particularly cool about that is you're not isolated by devices. You're standing with others elbow to elbow uh, that have probably been on a similar journey over the last 40 or 50 years or more with this band. Uh, and this is an, a magical moment for all. You mentioned that the video, uh, you just basically got your hands on it a couple of days ago. Um, but it was being planned for some time, the video. 
Um, how much work goes in to, it must be difficult to coordinate with somebody who's has the films and is going to edit the films and he's on the other side of the globe and you're trying to get, I mean, how does one go about expressing, say to Peter Jackson, we need a 13 minute yeah. bit of film that's going to cover X, Y, and Z. I mean, and there has to be, I would imagine a lot of going back. Oh, you, you gave us lots of X, but there's no Z you know, and what we wanted. How does that work? <laughs> you know, uh, there there is some back and forth. You're right. And you give parameters. And um, some of those parameters are based on our expertise and experience with exhibits. You know, you can only spend a certain amount of time. Uh, like this is, it's very different than sitting at home uh, with your giant screen by yourself watching hours and hours. Um, this is a very different use. So you give the parameters and then stuff comes. And we, we did ask, you know, in particular, the one theater, we really wanted, um, some, some great stuff with Billy Preston, um, uh, featured because it's, it's part of the story that I think captivated many with the docuseries, uh, when you kind of see him, him as this interesting catalyst with, with the others and, and how he fits. Um, so, you know, you give parameters and you, you, they're, um, they're professionals and pros and delivered amazing stuff. And then we need to scale it to fit the spaces. You know, you, you can't do all this work and put it on tiny screens. Um, so you need to do it in a certain way. At the same time, you can't be blowing out the sound in one space when the contiguous space is trying to tell a softer, gentler story and you can't be blowing it out. So, um, I, I, you know, it works. It kind of works and it's, it's amazing. I've been walking through the last couple of days each day as they do the final adjustments on lighting, the final adjustments on audio, uh, getting the, the video scaled and, and keyed right. And um, it, it's a lot of hands, but it's it's really amazing. And I'm hopeful that people will come out here to Cleveland and experience it. If you're um, you know in deep with the Beatles, it's going to give you a chance to marry the artifacts that made the music itself with the story and with the spaces and the sound. Uh, if you're, um, you know, a more cursory rock and roll fan that likes the Beatles, you're gonna be equally wowed, I think, and you're gonna all walk away learning a little bit more. Uh, museum exhibits are never the definitive scholarship on a subject. They're a spark and a chance to engage in energy, and then you, you take that experience and you wanna go deeper uh, later on. Ken, you wanna take the next question? Sure. With all this amazing footage that we've seen in Get Back, you mentioned the three galleries, Twickenham, Apple Studios, and the Apple Rooftop. Is it pretty much the same, like, 13-minute clip being um, rotated over and over again, or do you have several different um, edited clips so that if you want to go back and watch again, you'll see something different? Yeah. Right now, the clips in each of the theaters will be fixed clips but there was at one point there was three different selections in two of the theaters and uh and for the sake of flow um they've been held held back for now so i guess in asking that uh is it going to change i would say um stay tuned and uh we want to see how what's out there now is received and, and how it comes together but um uh, stay tuned. There, there will be some changes I would anticipate through the run of the exhibit. Um, but for now, we're going to open it up. We're going to let it breathe and let people experience it over the next couple weeks. Yeah, I think the more clips you have, the more you'll have people coming back. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point. And uh, the other thing, I'm not sure if Waka mentioned it, but in addition to the exhibit, uh, we're going to also, we're getting um, a one-hour version of the, um, of the docuseries that we're going to show on site um, multiple times through the run of the exhibit uh, here at the museum. And there's something cool about experiencing that. We have a theater here that has unbelievable audio as the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame should, and then a giant screen and you can watch this with, with fellow fans uh, versus I know I streamed um, the, uh, the series uh, over the holidays and I was there with my laptop, like I wanted it to be bigger. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I know one of the features, and Waka was mentioning this um, in the exhibit, is the um, acetate from Glenn Johns. Is that just looking at it, or are you actually playing it? Uh, 
while you're there. Um, that one you're just looking at. Um, there is some audio, an ambient type audio, that's not synced up with the films that creates an experience in the space. Um, there's some of that where there's conversation and other stuff, but the acetate isn't, um, isn't reproed. Uh, I will share, and you guys may have an interesting view. You know, we're doing um, a dedication and, and celebration and other stuff that weekend of April 8th, 9th, and 10th. And we've had a long discussion about what, what do we play over the museum speaker that weekend? Do we play, uh, you know, the, the Phil Spector? Do we play the Glenn Johns? Uh, do we play the, the later, uh, the later uh, edits? And uh, it was kind of a, a fun exercise and fun discussion. Hmm. What do you think? I'd vote for Glenn Johns. <laughs> Glenn Johns. <laughs> Phil <Yeah>. Spector. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's... I've got to be different, you know. So, so what we've sort of... Uh, we, we, we're, where we're leaning is um, we're hopeful that uh, Glenn will come out for the dedication. And if he's in the house, we got to play his mix. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, sure. Okay. Just play the Nagras start to finish. People will have to come back several days to hear them. <laughs> Very um, fun. So anyway, that that's we're. It, it's exciting that this is a off talked about subject, right? But it's still fresh and exciting and new, and mm -hmm. uh, that's part of the docu series. I think really helped all of us. Um, look at this a little differently and provided extra inspiration. So uh, really exciting. It's still relevant after all this time. And, um, you know, we fully expect to see families in the exhibit. And these are families where kids and parents are singing along to Beatles songs in the car together. Um, I don't know about you, but my parents didn't like the same music I liked uh, when I grew up. But we're at a point now where this, this catalog has gone on and impacted so many that we're seeing multi-generational um, love for the Beatles. There's something um, strangely ironic about the idea of a, a, a one-hour cut of Peter Jackson's <laughs> film in, in that that version is shorter than Let It Be even. <laughs> mm. So did, did he edit that and is it like like one hour covering the whole set of sessions or did he just take like you know one day which i one I, day I haven't, seen, I haven't seen it yet um oh, okay. but you're right it, it's uh you know as it's always harder to write something right uh you know you know you guys are writing scripts for things you're working on and even it's always harder to write less um it's it's sometimes <laughs> easier to do more right oh, yeah. so absolutely <laughs> you know it'll be interesting to see what uh, he decides to do this is it'll be his it's his edit entirely and uh, it'll be exciting to see what he does okay. I just had this, I just had this thought that we're waiting for the DVD and Blu-ray to finally come out um, a few years from now imagine if Peter Jackson actually did a director's cut it would be <laughs> the whole nag the whole thing the, uh, <laughs> however many hours it was um, uh, I, I, if I could just jump in with a quick question which is more of a general question about these type exhibitions you now have this Beatles uh exhibition set exhibit set to go for a year um and we asked Waka about it being static or will things change have there been instances where during the course of an exhibit some key artifacts turn up or um how do you handle potentially changing yeah. an exhibit after people have come say for three or four or five months, you know, uh, from all over the world. Yeah. Now you're making changes because, I mean, you got to have this. We have to have that. This turned up. Now you've made a different exhibition. Uh, exhibition. How, do you, how do you handle that? Yeah. So on the, um, <clears throat> on the artifact side, we have had exhibits. Um, and we, we frequently swap things out in the overall museum. In our other permanent exhibits, things get swapped in and out. Sometimes if they're on loan from an artist, the artist or their family may need it for something. One of the fun stories is, you know, Bruce Springsteen's uh, that great um, sort of blonde. Uh, it's a telly with a, a Mustang neck or a Mustang. And it, that great guitar, his is iconic guitar. We had a Springsteen exhibit 
and he was touring so the guitar would go off exhibit and he would take it out and then he'd send it back. Um, when, uh, the, um, uh, the Go-Go's were inducted, they wanted to play, um, Kathy Valentine wanted to play one of the, her basses that she'd already given us. So we, we let her use it and we put it back on exhibit. But in, in this particular one, it revolves around these sessions. So every artifact that's in this exhibit was used in those sessions. Um, and uh, so it'd have to be something pretty special to mm -hmm. surface that we'd want to uh, augment it. But yeah, if, um, if through the life of this, if um, you know, the, um, the keyboard that Billy Preston is playing, if, if that were to um, surface, we would love to add that to this exhibit. And I think it would be more additive than reductive um and so let, let's see where it goes but it's not um it's not an exhibit that is um super heavy on artifacts it, it's it's got a few iconic pieces and then it has the immersive activity as well um but you know artifacts do come off of exhibit now and then uh, some of them you don't want to leave them out for years and this exhibit isn't that long but you don't want them under the lights and, and out in the open for too long but these are protected and humidity controlled and they're um they're the actual ones it's not like we're going to switch it for a different drum kit this is the one ringo played on the rooftop um so i think these will stay where they are i can't think of any super extenuating circumstances where something would come down but i can think of us adding some things if if things surface that are uh, going to really appeal and help us tell the story and we don't want to just put them there to be encyclopedic they, they've got to generate some energy and emotion that's why you that's why you do it you didn't get glenn johns's coat did you the big furry white one <laughs> yeah he he looked great with all that stuff um no but we do have some of his production notes and then that acetate which is kind of cool um and i'm trying to think i think we we have some of the lyric sheets as well um that were uh, that were transcribed i think mal was transcribing them um, with Paul, if you remember those segments, uh, mm -hmm. I believe we have some of those on exhibit as well. I was kind of hoping they'd have George Harrison's boots, those show those fuzzy slipper boots that he was wearing. Yeah, well, if they turn up, we would love to add them. Uh, we have the, the pink pinstripe suit that he was wearing. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's that? The, the color footage just popped this time around. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, 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 it made it seem much newer than 50 years ago, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, we're used to thinking oh, yeah. a, a lot in, in black and white because we see so much black and white of the Beatles, but to see that. And then the color that you see from back then is a bit washed out. This yeah. was so fresh and amazing. Mm -hmm. yeah, is it, do you envision um, live events of any kind over the course of the year? If, if Lynn Johns comes, will he you know, do a panel or something? Yeah, we, we do. We, we envision those sorts of things. Uh, we're going to do some special themed weekends where it'll be a call for fans to come and gather together. And, um, you know, I don't want to I want to be mindful that we're not putting uh, um, people on the spot by by naming that they might be coming. Um, mm -hmm. But there was, you know, a number of the people that were associated with these sessions are thankfully still with us. And uh, we would uh, love to um, find ways to connect them to the exhibit whether it's physically here at the museum and we'll do special weekends or some virtual uh, discussions with them as well. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, we're, we're excited. This is uh, this will be kind of the, the center from which a lot of our activity over the next, uh, at least the summer and beyond will will spoke around the activity of this exhibit. I was going to ask a few extended invitations out to major players like a Michael Lindsay Hogg or someone like that to see if they would want to show up and make yes. an appearance. And Yes, we have extended invitations and we're very optimistic that we're going to um, have folks here. Um, and again, I'm, we mentioned names just as a reference. I don't want to put anybody on the spot uh, with who, um, who may or may not be comfortable with traveling, who may not be, but I'm, I'm very optimistic that we're going to um, be able to host some of those folks here and then create some experiences for fans uh, with these people, which would just be, you know, it's like the, the final element. We have the, the graphics, we have the audio, we have the, the foot, film footage, we have the artifacts, and now to have the actual individuals tied to that moment uh, is, is super special. 
Yeah. I've heard that you're supposed to have some special events on the weekend with uh, Beatles tribute bands performing. Um, that uh, we're st we are going to do some special things. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure we're going to go down the tribute band um, road. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's uh, as the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, we um, we typically focus more on original artists and um, even uh, they, they can throw in other songs here and there. But uh, we're um, there's something that's authentic about our place. And uh, I'm not saying these some of these bands don't sound terrific, and it's the closest you can get to the to the real thing. But we we like to really um, put the emphasis on the real thing. Okay, I just wanted to mention that um, two times I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when there were John Lennon exhibits, and I loved it to death. There was the one where you had three whole floors dedicated to john one whole floor of just handwritten lyrics and even that same time you had a Stu sutcliffe exhibit running and what a magical time that was for me and for beetle fans to to be there for both and is there any chance at all i know yoko was so generous with all the stuff that she loaned to yeah. the hall of fame of any of that coming back again you know um, one i'm glad you got to experience it um, I have to say, I didn't see it. I wasn't here at that point, but I've heard terrific things about it. And I got to see a little taste of it when Yoko worked with us again and we installed an exhibit in New York. Which I went to. Was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which was a, a smaller version of that, but still amazing. And uh, we should share, uh, Ken, with, with, with viewers, there was a key feature in both those exhibits. And it was a white, old school rotary telephone that was sitting uh, sort of on a, uh, just off to the side without a lot of um, messaging about what it was. Hmm. And it was a, a phone and from time to time Yoko would call it. And if a visitor was in the gallery, I believe there may have been a little tiny sign that said, if the phone rings, pick it up. And hmm. um, she would talk to visitors in the exhibit. And wow. cool. what power, right? <laughs> Uh, to sort of unite with memory and then to reach kind of across that barrier to, to connect with, with fans that are in that space feeling emotional. Um, mm. So I share that because um, she's been a wonderful supporter of the museum. We're very grateful um, for um, uh, Yoko's support, for, um, for Sean's support as well, for the whole Lennon estate has been terrific. And... Um, the things that you see in our permanent Beatles exhibit, uh, as well as including um, John's Rickenbacker from the Ed Sullivan appearance, and then uh, in the one that's in the exhibit now, the, the, the Epiphone Casino, um, those are all uh, on loan by the, the graciousness of Yoko. So I don't, we don't have one slated, hmm. and, um, but uh, they were powerful, and so far we're two for two. Um, let's see where we go. How's that? I hope you do it again. And there were guitars that Julian donated. That's right. He's yeah, been very so. supportive and helpful uh, to the to the museum as well. You know, we're uh, artists. I, I think that some have a real keen sense of of legacy, but also what it means for for fans like us to to be able to experience um, these pieces. And um, there's a power in them. That's what museums are all about. Uh, the fun thing about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is you can have the artifact, uh, but you can also have the art, which is the sound. And then you can see the videos of it being created and you can sort of experience it. Um, mm. I believe that makes us, personally, I think it's the most relevant and impactful museum in the entire world. And I love museums, um, but this place... Uh, there's something about connecting all those dots with our own personal history and then our shared history uh, as, as fans and as, um, uh, as music lovers that, that transcends any other museum in the world. Nice. Yep. I'm very moved every time I go to the, to the Hall of Fame to see the clothes that all these stars wore and the Motown exhibit that I've seen there. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Well, well uh, please come back, see this exhibit, 
And then uh, maybe for another show, we're looking at expanding the museum. Um, and we have uh, great plans for the future. We're, we're super excited. And right now we're bursting at the seams. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting up in a space called the garage. These instruments here, you know, Telly, Les Paul, uh, 335, um, visitors can come in and play them. Uh, oh, nice. These aren't collections. These aren't owned by artists. These, these were given us by Gibson Fender and Martin and DW Drums, but people can come in and play drums in drum rooms, play guitars, jam with each other. Uh, to my right is a keyboard, and Booker T came through here, you know, uh, just before the pandemic and was jamming with visitors. The, the guys from Metallica have played in here with visitors. Uh, it's it's pretty, brings it alive. Uh, Grant, yeah. I'm curious what's behind you, behind the glass, the people are roaming around out there in the corridor, the hallway. Yeah, what, so, so this entire floor we call the garage, and the, the places to jam and play, it's pretty big. It's, you know, a couple thousand square feet. Um, and then on that side, there's an exhibit that's kind of like gear. And it's some of the more interesting pieces of gear. Uh, there's a Buddy Guy guitar I see from here with the polka dots on it. I think that's nice. Buddy Guy. Uh, and some other pieces. There's some Les Paul pieces around the corner. And then on these poles, if you can see sort of stickers everywhere, in addition to being able to jam here, visitors can design their own band logo. And then, just like in all the every rock club we've all ever been in, they can they can leave it here. They can take it with them, and visitors stick them all over the place, uh, and kind of leave their mark in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So it's a hands-on space, and some of that stuff across that they're looking at, uh, those are gear exhibits. Um, you can't see the other way. We can flip this around for you. Uh, that um, you know, there's a, I can't really do it. I'll try. You know, down here, there's a guy in the drum room down there. There's guitars. There's other pieces. Uh, there's keyboards in here. Um, you know, for, for those that are really killers, we got a double bass rig here if you want to get into your inner Van Halen um, and a bunch of other things in here. It's a, it's a fun space. We have staff that um, play multiple instruments, and they jam with visitors. Uh, and don't tell anybody, but we also get come up here on a Thursday after work and, and staff lets it fly. Um, <laughs> it's pretty great. So, um, yeah, you got to experience it. If any of you are, are players, when you come out, um, it, it's a, it's a pretty fun deal. And it's amazing how many people walking around have played in bands, uh, say in college, and now they're here with their family and their kids mm -hmm. have never seen them get behind a drum kit and, and bring it. Uh, and it sort of lights this spark. Uh, we'll do sing-alongs in here where you'll have 10 people singing Let It Be together. Uh, never met each other until that moment. And there's a kind of a collective um, uh, energy around everybody. And mm. otherwise, there's a kid that may just, maybe he learned one Green Day song on guitar. And he gets to come in here and play with uh, some pros. And it may light a spark in that uh, young person to go off and and, and have confidence and do other things, whether it's music or otherwise. Alan and Ken play. Um, I don't. So is there like an air guitar <laughs> wing for uh, the... <laughs> We're going to give you a tambourine or some maracas. Uh, and, and you'll be in. But uh, yeah, please come. It'd be fun. Do the show from here. And uh, and we'll fire it up uh, with you. I, uh, I'll play a little rhythm guitar if you'll let me. And we've got other far more talented staff members that'll make us all sound really good. You got a cowbell they, laying around? In fact, we do. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Cowbell. That's well, a great um, idea. Yeah, come on out. Um, come out during this exhibit. I think we all, uh, especially now after, uh, you know, doing this, uh, this show, I know my wheels are turning on, you yep. know, coordinating a, uh, family trip uh out west so love, build a well, whole vacation again, around it yeah yeah come on out well call it work call it a vacation call it a little bit of mm. both and uh and, and come out and tape some things um with us our curators would love to be part of it and this place is six floors as you know from being here uh it, there's a, a lot of stories in these walls and it's fun to be able to talk about this particular one Great. All right. Thank you. Okay. Thanks very much. Thank you, Greg. Thank you. This All has right. been tremendous.
Thank you so my much. My pleasure. Well, well, hang on. If this was Peter Jackson, we would just be getting started, right? Exactly. Right. <laughs> this would be the throat clearing part. <laughs> <laughs> well, well thanks. Good. Thank okay. you, Greg. See you later. My pleasure. Have a great day, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right. Okay, so that was a fun look at this exhibition. Obviously, it's going to be much more fun seeing it in person. Um, so thanks so much to Nwaka Anwusa for leading us through it and to uh, Greg Harris for his comments about it and also um, to Jennifer Ballantyne of A-Side Media for setting this up for us. Um, we'll go around and uh, give our contact information starting with Ken. All right. If anyone would like to contact me by email directly, you can write to me at everylittlething at att.net. Uh, my relatively new YouTube channel, eh, it's a year old. Um, my newest video, I've invited my co-host on the podcast, Talk More Talk, Kiddo Tool. And we discussed what she feels. I had her pick one Beatles album, one from each solo Beatle that she considers to be the most underrated from them. And she discusses why. And uh, lots of uh, conversations all on the Beatles on my YouTube channel with special guests from musicians, other podcasters. Check it out. It's Ken Michaels Radio. And if you can, please subscribe. There'll be more new videos coming in the next few weeks, definitely. Also, um, the uh, other podcast show that I mentioned, Talk More Talk, a solo Beatles video cast. We have uh, a new show premiering on uh, next Monday, which is the 21st of March. We'll be reviewing George Harrison's Somewhere in England album. Um, we just did a really interesting show uh, discussing Paul McCartney and his solo career and whether or not we feel that his music is best when he produces himself or gets an outside producer to work with him. We had a lot of different answers and it was a very healthy debate. You might want to check out. That's Talk More Talk, a solo Beatles video cast. Uh, you can watch it live every other Monday night on our YouTube channel at 9 p.m. Eastern. Talk More Talk, a solo Beatles video cast. And please subscribe if you can to that podcast as well. And as always, my website, kenmichaelsradio.com with Beatles trivia every single week and lots of interviews that I've done in the past that are strictly audio interviews. All you got to do is check out the pages. There's so many names there, people that you'll recognize and um, great conversations with all of them. And so if you can check that out as well, kenmichaelsradio.com. All right. Thank you, Alan. Okay, Darren. My turn. If you want to uh, listen to me at WFUV, I'm on the air Monday through Thursday night, starting at 10 p.m. Uh, in the New York City area, uh, but you can stream anywhere. Also, Saturday afternoons, 1 to 4 p.m. So uh, 10 p.m. Monday through Thursday nights, 1 p.m. in the afternoon. Last time I checked, p.m. means the afternoon. Um, could be evening, but there is no 1 o'clock in the evening. It is there. <laughs> Anyway, so 10 o'clock uh, Monday through Thursday nights and 1 o'clock Saturday afternoons uh, on WFUV 90.7 FM in New York City. And again, we stream on our website, WFUV.org. And you can listen on our app. Download that. And I, however this works, you can ask your smart speaker to play WFUV. I ask my smart speaker to do things and it tells me where I can go. I mean, I, so I don't know. Uh, anyway, I don't have a smart speaker. Uh, if you want to send me an email personally so that we could talk about Alan and Ken behind their backs, you could uh, email me at DarrenDeVivo at WFUV.org. Uh, but better yet, I have two Facebook pages. One of them is just Darren DeVivo. The other has got a more lengthier name. Um, follow one and send me a friend request on the other and we'll be connected there uh, on Facebook. So uh, that's the deal for me. Okay. You can reach me on Facebook, um, either at Alan Cozen or Alan Cozen Remixed. You might also want to check out the McCartney Legacy Facebook page where um, periodically new info goes up or articles about Paul and what he's up to and what we're researching and um, whatever comes to mind. You can contact 
the three of us at uh, by email at the uh, at things we said today radio show at gmail.com. That's things we said today radio show at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at at things we said fab. And we have just for symmetry two Facebook pages for the group. One is things we said today, big surprise. And the other is things we said today, Beatles radio fans. Um, the shows are posted there or links to the shows are posted there. Um, be sure to watch us on YouTube. Um, certainly this show and also the one with Peter Jackson, show number 355, um, because there are things to look at. And, uh, you know, hearing it is probably okay, but you want to see uh, the walk through the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame exhibition if you can. Um, but if you are only listening on audio, we're on Podbeam, we're on iTunes, and other sources of fine podcasts everywhere. So um, this was sort of fun going through the Rock Hall's exhibition and talking to them. Thanks again to them. And thanks to you for listening. I'm Alan Cozen for Ken Michaels and Darren DeVivo. Great to have you with us and we'll see you next time.